everybody, and welcome to a bonus Geek Freaks. Today, me and Jonathan are talking about Picard, episode two, season one. Uh, Jonathan, how are you doing today? I'm good, good. I love this uh, new episode, love this show. I'm excited to be talking about it. Yeah. Our uh, fans are eager to hear what we got to say. Hopefully they are, yeah. Uh, we're going to try to do these every after episode, so they'll be like 15-minute episodes uh, where we just sit there and uh, talk about Picard. That's always a good thing to do. Uh, so let's go ahead and catch you up on what happened previously. Jonathan, do you want to kind of do a quick rundown of what happened last week on Picard? Uh, yeah, so pretty much <clears throat> we meet Picard or we see Picard. Uh, he's living on his vineyard. Um, he's mourning the loss of Data. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it was about 20 years ago or so Data passed away. Yeah, Star Trek. Uh, yeah, a woman uh, comes and finds him. And she's like, hey, I was drawn to you. Come to find out she is a synthetic, which are now banned because of a uh, attack. Right. Um, so she ends up, you know, with Picard, she ends up dying. And now he's like, holy crap, you know, where, who is the synthetic? What happened? Where, where'd she come from and stuff? Um, through some research, finds out that there's a good chance she's Data's daughter, which is yeah, more like that's awesome. a replica of Data through his technology and his, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they're made in pairs. So there's a, a twin sister out there somewhere. So after that, he's now on a quest to go find the twin sister and figure out more about his long lost, you know, homie Data. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where it leaves us off in uh, the next episode. So a couple things for housekeeping wise. Uh, first off, spoiler alerts for season for episode two. Secondly, mm-hmm. episode one is actually completely free to watch. So if you guys go to CBS All Access, you guys can watch episode one of Picard completely free. The other ones take the uh, CBS All Access uh, membership, which I actually enjoy. CBS All Access has really good, uh, high quality shows, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, looking into this episode though, Jonathan, what is your overall feeling on how this this episode went? Um, it was. A little, it, it was it was kind of slow. It wasn't action packed mm-hmm. except for the opening scene. Really interesting. Yeah. Um. But like we we talked about briefly before too, it's just kind of building, uh, setting up a platform to to base this story on. So I get that it, you can't just jump into it. I originally was kind of excited that it seemed like from the first episode that this was going to be mostly on Earth. But now you know Picard's trying to get a ship, and it seems like yeah, maybe it's going to be more mixed up in space and stuff like that which is is cool as well trekking through stars Uh, and stuff it's weird (laughs) yeah right but i do love i do love to see that with the budget i mean they they must have not only has our technology just leaps and bounds since the last real star trek series or you know previous uh generations of star trek um but they're obviously putting good money into this because everything is just so crisp and so beautiful and like they're not afraid to show the big vast scenes where back in Star Trek's you know earlier series, they're in one set, and then yeah. once they get a little bit of funding, then okay, cool, now we can make three sets, but that's it. An outdoor scene is in Ken's backyard because we don't have any money for anything. Yeah, uh, yeah, you could tell that they they definitely put out a lot of money, and there are some locations like his vineyard, for example, a beautiful vineyard and stuff like that. You almost wish we could stay there the whole time, but they definitely put out a lot of money for like the CGI. Uh, one of the locations we'll talk about later on, actually, we'll, we'll mention right now, Starfleet, is the Anaheim Convention Center, which is where BlizzCon's held every year. So right. when he's walking up to you, you're like, oh, that's BlizzCon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when he's inside, you're like, oh, I've been in that room. I, I know that place. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, but they're, they're definitely throwing out the money on this one, so I'm happy with that. It's So far, it's looking good. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and dig into... I I, I agree with you, hopefully, that it's, it's a lot of setup. I actually kind of wish we were already next episode or we're building the team. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that the old school Star Trek fans are probably not going to be happy with how this show's going so far with the fact that, I mean, it's it's leaning on nostalgia a lot, but this episode in particular really 
cements in the fact that this is going to be a long story. If you mm-hmm. consider this to the pacing of a normal Star Trek Next Generation episode, I mean, my God, you got to start, finish, and end, or start, middle, and end in a normal TNG episode when this one feels like we're still in the beginning, <laughs> you know? So, you know, and I think there's a reason for that because the old Star Trek shows, they had to, they had, you know, a, a five second or 10 second commercial. They had to get you hooked. And then yeah. within one episode, it has to be, oh my God, the, you know, entire ship is being destroyed to, a, you know, arcing story and resolve it by the end of the show. They have to just hook you every time because, right. you know, it, it took a lot to get people's attention at the time for, you know, a new show. This show is based on, you know, such a huge fan base now that it's not going to have to do any of those tricks to pull people in. It knows it's got people that are going to watch it so they can put a little more time and invest in an overall story. So with that, I'm thinking the next episode is also going to be the building and not so much like explosive execution of an awesome yeah. plot, but I think it's going to be the ramping up. Like we're getting to the, the, yeah, I think it's gonna uh, be like getting the team together type of thing like that. Yeah. It'll like probably the final shot will probably be, Seven of nine joining the team tomorrow. Yeah. Our next episode. I kind of wish they didn't spoil that st- from the first trailer, though. It'd oh, be kind of cool to yeah. just find out now. I'd be like, oh my god! If Robert Picardo is somewhere, then I'll I'll, I'll have that shock. Which is yeah, you know, the I'm, I'm hope I'm hoping we get some good cameos in. Yeah. I mean, just a couple here and there, but yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to cameos to that we know. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we know we have Riker and stuff like that coming up too. So that'd be good. But yeah, don't yeah. don't spoil them for us. You know, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead. What we're going to do is we're changed uh, back in, I think, November. We discussed this. Instead of just going over the big story, like, for example, when we reviewed uh, the Game of Thrones or, like, Joke or something like that, we sit there and go in-depth of scene by scene. That becomes Mm -hmm. tedious, and we really want to just discuss what the show was like, not necessarily exactly what happened. So we're going to go over our five big plot points, basically. and so this is kind of reminiscent of uh, Charlie from Emergency Awesome. If you guys are familiar with him, he's a very big YouTuber. He does his five WTFs or his 10 WTFs for different things. So it's kind of similar to that. So if you guys are familiar with that format, it's a similar format. I want to make sure to give him a shout out because we're not trying to copy. We're just, mm, yeah, I guess it's considered copying. <laughs> <laughs> trying to copy, but give him credit when you copy. That's right. okay. Yeah, then, then I feel okay about copying. So we're doing yeah. Charlie's format. <laughs> no, uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, the first big, big plot point is... We're looking back at Mars 14 years ago, and uh, we're seeing it. it's the anniversary of First Contact Day, which is really cool. Uh, and what happens here essentially is synthetic life on Mars is they're kind of running the show like they're the grunts, you know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. And so they're, they're doing all the hard work, which makes sense. Mars has that kind of hosp- not, not so great environment. And uh, at some point, it looks like the main synthetic that was there, he like gets hacked, it looks like. And then all of a sudden, he starts punch stuff into a computer and just everything goes crazy and a planet gets destroyed because the synthetics turned on everybody. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? What did you think happened there? So, so one thing to note is they were, they overrode the um, global defense systems, how, yeah. how they helped act. Um, it, it was really uh, exciting at the first decent action scene we actually got uh, so far. Um, and I like how they make the synthetics look because it's not like data Right. They make them. They make them look very rudimentary, and uh, they point out that he's trying to simulate human emotion and reactions, but doesn't have it. So people joke about how, oh god, that guy creeps me out. Yeah. He's not, you know, not normal. Even the guy called um, the group of them like plastic people or something like that. Yeah, just like oh, that's messed up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they do a good job at, at not getting you emotionally attached to these characters yet, at least, so that you draw that that border. Right. Uh, I did note though that this took place. Uh, on 
first contact day, which, you know, is, is cool and all, but I wonder if the people who were executing this plot were specifically doing it on that day because maybe they, I mean, it could be a bunch of reasons. Defenses are lowered or less people are on staff, but maybe it's because less people are on staff and they're actually, you know, do sense. have humanity. They don't want to kill a hundred thousand people if you can do it on a day when there's only 30,000 kind sense. of thing. They so. even talk about it being a skeleton crew. Yeah, yeah exactly. They pointed that out. So I'm wondering, is it is it a sense of humanity that, that made these people do it that way? Whoever, we assume, I assume that the um, the synthetics were hacked, like you're saying. It looked like it, yeah, with his eyes. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's a good point. I really don't, I mean, I would assume that they don't want to take too much lives, right? Like you're saying. Uh, I think we're led to believe, first for, first and foremost, that it's the Romulans doing this. Uh, and then, cause it's just kind of, it's building that be the obvious one. And then if you were to go in like in a TNG pass and stuff like that, there's always a corrupt Lieutenant or a corrupt commander somewhere that's really behind it. So then you're like, okay, then it's probably Starfleet. That's there's one corrupt person who's pushing their agenda. Uh, so those, you know, those are the two easy ones, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of hope that it's something even more deep than that, but you know, maybe it's, I, I want it to be the Borg. I'm hoping the Borg are the bad guys in the end, but <laughs> that's such yeah. a stretch. Um, yeah. yeah so I think you're right. I think they picked that day because it was the least staffed. Least staffed, yeah. 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 And there's a small, small chance that, you know, that some synthetic somewhere got sentience and now they're trying to free their brethren or whatever. That's but true. That'd be actually interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you know, either they free him or kill him because slavery is not worth living through kind of thing. But I don't know. That's kind of a stretch. It, it would have to take a windy road to get there at least. Yeah. It'd be- all right, the next big plot point is uh, Picard. He's facing his elderly age, it feels like, more so in this episode than the past one. Uh, and he's wanting to take action, and he's trying to figure out what happened to uh, Dodge, which is the sister that passed away in the first episode. And mm-hmm. and he's he's striving to, to try to make this right. So we, we see him talking to his assistants. Uh, they believe that it's this Romulan secret police, which I have the name here, uh, Jat Vash. That's probably the last time I'll say that name. So just because it's yeah. a lot easier to say Romulan secret, please. And uh, and yeah, and so we fought, we have that and we we set this precedent up of, okay, the Romulans are actively putting out this secret force to, to stop them and the synthetics. Now we kind of have our big bad for the season. And there's a couple other things we learned. We learned that later on, we learned that Picard has a terminal disease, which kind of mm-hmm. puts a clock on this whole thing too. So now all of a sudden he's wanting to correct or basically pay back data for all the, all that he's done. And he's now has a limited time to do so. Yeah. That's kind of cool because now he's just willing to jump into the fire. He doesn't care because, mm-hmm. you know, he knows he's got a, a clock on his head and there's, there's less for him to lose. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about them giving him a disease like storyline wise or production wise? Do you think that's kind of just in case, they have to recast or like, you know what I'm saying? Reformat yeah. the show. I know that's sad to think about. That's kind of what I, I thought about. about yeah. That when I was, yeah. When I was watching the episode, I was like, Oh, you know, if something happens, he is older. If something happens, you know, they're going to have to find a way to, to, yeah, either recast or just change the direction of the show. I would think of I mean, change the direction of the show. Yeah. Recast wasn't quite the right. Me and squeaks. So me and squeaks, uh, if you guys want to hear a, uh, episode one review, me and squeaks did that on the last week's main episode. Uh, check that out. But that was one of the things I talked about with him was I could see this show going for like two, three seasons maybe and setting up another Star Trek that's like Star Trek Renegades uh, where it's about or like say like a version of like maybe if you recall it, Star Trek Maquis 
something where these guys are outside the law the whole time. And Man. and maybe they would name the ship Picard so that they could keep the name Picard on there. But they're they're sitting there and they're they're skating the line outside of Federation's control, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it'd this- be cool to see a it'd be cool to see a Maquis series where we get a completely different perspective of the Federation where they're much more like the Sith Empire yes. than Federation we know and trust. I would love a Maquis uh yeah. series so much. That'd be great. Any other thoughts yeah. on on uh, on Picard's kind of investigation phase? We'll call that that this is plot his uh, his investigation. Anything you really liked? Uh, mm, I don't have anything else in my notes. <laughs> yeah, I did like uh, how they kind of used that computer system. It felt like we got some more Star Trek tools this time. Uh, in the fact that they scanned the room and were able to you know track particles and stuff like that to see them in the past and that computer yeah. system, like all the UI stuff, was really neat. And to get back to that. Um, we also had. Yeah, we, go ahead. We see that one of his assistants, Laris, the female yeah. assistant that works with, uh, because she's Romulan, and they've, you know, humans Romulans haven't really worked together until more recently when their planet was destroyed. Um, that you know, like how she's saying, or he's saying, oh yeah, but those those uh, particle detectors or whatever, they're so uh, inaccurate or unreliable. And she's like, yeah, that's what we wanted you guys to think. Yeah. Because. <laughs> They've been using this advanced technology the whole time and, you know, kind of letting Starfleet believe it's useless. I think so Zabin cool to... is also Romulan, too, just to get that out there real quick. The other guy. Yeah. 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 But yeah at one I point, like two, that. <laughs> at, at one point, too, the two of them, like, look at each other when Picard mentioned something. I can't remember what it was. Uh, but, but the two of them made eye contact and it was like, obviously, the two of them are with him for a reason. They know more than he knows and they're trying to keep him, you know, under wraps or hush hush or just calm and comfortable yeah. so that he doesn't expose something. But I think that moment was when they were realizing that this is actually the, uh, the Jacques Vosh that he was talking about. Like they were like, Oh no, oh, this actually yeah. scales up higher than he's ready for. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, um, yeah, the investigation seems to go well. I like this. This is the Picard we wanted where he's going around. And I like that, that moment where he puts on the, we'll talk about it towards the end, but when he puts on that other badge, I was like, ah, oh, we needed that. We really needed that. Yeah. Okay. So the next big moment is um, Picard ends up going into Starfleet, wanting to take take his own command back. And I really like that he's like willing to go back to being a captain, which was something you know for those of you guys familiar with uh, Generations when he talked to Kirk. Kirk said never give up the captain seat, uh, and it was kind of a little bit of like he knows he'll take the captain seat again for this. Um, and I thought that was cool. And unfortunately, it comes out that they deny him out. Outright, and a lot of it was that interview that he had. Uh, so you have kind of like that interview that he had that made him look bad. Plus, there's a secret plot behind Starfleet going on. Plus, the yeah. fact that he's just he's at an age now that's not great. Even the doctor was saying, "Well, well I can't clear you because of this." You know, yeah. uh, Doctor Benoyan, I think his name was. I'm looking at the name here, and that's hard to say. But so there's this whole thing. Uh, do you think he would have been able to actually command a Starfleet ship like he used to? Uh, maybe not to the same level or expectations he used to but he's he's still on point i don't think he's too old to be doing anything except for maybe aerobics but yeah <laughs> uh sitting in a, in a chair i think he's ready to command they, um, they made sure to make a point of the fact that like oh yeah you passed everything else which was like don't worry guys he's not you know he's he's still good <laughs> yeah um and yeah like i think it was admiral clancy that he was talking to and she like right away shuts him down she's upset with him i mean 
she's obviously just using that whole scene from the news uh, as a excuse to shut him down. But it's looks like it's because uh, a conspiracy with the Romulans to, you know, keep whatever they're digging up uh, undercover. Yeah, I, I did like how she brought up the fact that, look, nobody liked the Romulans. It was really touchy spot for us. Don't dredge this up, you know, just like yeah. let it all lie down. Um, but I, I like how once again he stands up for his morals because she's like because he says you know even Starfleet doesn't get to choose to save or destroy an entire race and she's like yes we do and he's like you know that's why or more or less that's why you know I had to leave when I left kind of thing because you know Starfleet wasn't Starfleet anymore yeah Did earlier but, and then after being uh, denied he's he's gonna take it in his own hands he ends up putting on his old badge and calling for Rafi. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying I need a ship, but don't hang up. <laughs> I need a ship, and so yeah. uh, he talks to he talks to Laris and and Zaban and says I gotta go, and they're gonna take care of the winery while he goes and and tries to find. Uh, I think the name is Soji. I, I'm not sure. We'll have to we'll have to hear this name again a few more times. It's spelled S O J I. But uh, he yeah he's got to go find her, and then yeah. at the end we do see that he ends up hooking up with Rafi and and he brings wine and they're gonna be off and building the team. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the other story that's going on here is we have two more big things. Uh, let's focus on what's going on on the on the board cube, which they call the artifact. Uh, yes, that's going to be so hard to not call it the board cube the whole time, though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like 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 uh, what was it? One of them said um, it stopped being a, a cube when it was disconnected from the hive mind or something like that. Yeah, um, that you know, a cube is a a hostile or super powered weapon. And this is just a, a pile of abandoned technology. Yeah. Much. Like a graveyard. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I love that though. I, now that you, now that we think about, or now that I think about it, like no one, no, or uh, no duh, that it's obvious that people would try to harvest anything they can off a Borg cube. I know typically the Borg will destroy it. Somehow yeah. they missed it, but it's like, yeah. I, that, that's well, I think amazing. we know why they missed it, Jonathan. Because when oh, Voyager came through, it it shut it's you know shut oh, yeah, off severed all severed. That's what I'm looking for. Severed the route to the Alpha Quadrant. So they're in a nice yeah. little pocket because of Voyager. We're such Voyager heads <laughs> that they <laughs> they can get things done like this. Because yeah, the Borg's not going to be venturing out this far manually. Yeah, that's interesting true. to see. Uh, it looks like yeah, it looks like their their mission out there. First off, it looks like the Romulans control the situation. Like they're the bosses. Yeah, but they well, they own they own the ship, so they're, it's, right. it's their excavation or their harvesting program, whatever in it. Right. Yeah, uh, and they're harvesting materials. They're doing research. It looks like there's different purposes for different peoples. What they are basically saying, uh, Soji is there trying to find a way to resurrect those from Borg control, which is a storyline I've I've really enjoyed them trying to do that. Uh, but yeah, so what what did you think of her relationship with uh, with the Romulan guy? I'll find his name while we're talking because I already forgot. Yeah. Oh, Narek. I, I, okay, I even noted in my notes just Romulan BF because I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> I just said the Romulan. I can't put the Romulan until they mentioned Narek's name. So yeah, yeah, so Soji and Narek, what do you think about this relationship and where it might be going? I mean, so early on, because we know her backstory a little bit more mm-hmm. than apparently she does, uh, or it seems like more than she does. Um it seemed like he must be into something. Must must have some some uh, sinister plot going on. Yeah. And later on, it kind of unfolds a little bit. He's he doesn't um, come off as a a jerk or a douchebag or anything up front, but you know he's trying to woo her and you know yeah it's, it just seems like he he might have something else going on, something up his sleeve. Yeah. Um, 
A little bit arrogant, yeah, but he's he's keeping his. So it looks like he's. You know, we know he's working with the other side, and we know that he's working yeah. with this this secret police. I'm wondering if I'm wondering. it looks like they're setting up for him to actually fall in love with her and try to defend her in the future. You know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, that'd be kind of nice. Yeah, I think that might be because I mean he slept with her knowing that she's a, she's a synthetic life, so yeah. he must I he must have feelings or capable of having feelings for her. I would assume. Yeah, yeah, but that that would be a good plot twist because we found towards the end of the episode that uh, so his, so um, Rizzo was it? Yeah, Rizzo, Lieutenant his, Rizzo. Yeah, the sister is yeah. his sister. Yeah, and so she's running this project of you know interference with with uh, Sonji, Son, yeah, Soji. Yeah, and uh, so she's pretty much his handler. Uh, but it'd be cool to see that he turns on his family, turns on his sister to defend this this android, this synthetic life form that he fell in love with. Cause that would totally put a stake, you know, in the reality or justification of the synthetic life that we're supposed to be falling in love with, as a character, I imagine. Yeah. And that's, that's the final plot there is, is the fact that we have Commodore O that's really setting her out there. So uh, Commodore O who is with definitely with Starfleet is working with, um, Okay, Narek's sister. You just said it. Rizzo. There yeah, it is. Lieutenant Rizzo. We're going to yeah. get these names as time goes on. It just, it's only the second episode, so it's a bit. Uh, but yeah, yeah so, so once we get them, they'll kill everybody off and we'll have to start over. Of course. They're going to they're gonna Game of Thrones this. But yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so Rizzo, I liked how when Rizzo and Narek were talking, he said like, oh, I like your costume. So she's not, at first I was like, oh my God, Starfleet. She's part of Starfleet. No, 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 she's not. It's just yeah. her way of getting in and out of Starfleet command while she, having meetings with uh, Commander or Commodore O. But this still means that there is a corrupt member of Starfleet that's, that's pushing the, and Commodore at that very high in the ranking uh, that's yeah. behind this whole thing. So I wonder how far and how deep that goes. If it's something that all of Starfleet knows, you know, we don't know. Yeah, and and I wonder if this is something that just started with the fall of the Romulan Empire. Yeah, or was there already seeds of this in the past? And now, you know, is this a full blown Maquis like a resistance within the people, or is it just a handful of Romulans that are trying to? undermine starfleet yeah so, so yeah. overall i'm hoping that this gets more complex than we're seeing at face value because right now it feels yeah. like this is kind of an easy you know so we, as viewers we're smarter now than we were back when even next generation was out and the fact that we're, we're already seeing all these plot points fold out we're like yeah. oh, okay obviously these two are gonna get together these this this and that i'm hoping yeah. that it's a lot more complex like it's a big surprise who actually attacked mars um, something like that. I don't know. I'm hoping yeah. for something hopefully, more interesting. Hopefully they're, hopefully they're hand feeding us the simple story to shock us with complex story. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any final um, thoughts on this? So one other thing I want to mention is Sonji uh, made a friend. She met that, that other young girl. Yeah. Um, I don't, I didn't get her name. I didn't write it down here, but she had mentioned something about her schedule or her uh, getting approved to get on the ship got delayed. She's like, yeah, you know, I I'd applied. And then I was totally ready and I was on my way. And then they, they suspended it uh, for, you know, six months or something like that. Uh, and then out of the blue, now they cleared me and I'm, I'm on the ship. So I'm wondering, is that a little hint, a little foreshadowing to that somebody handpicked her, put her aside for a second, and then want to drop her in the right place at the right time to get with Soji for a certain reason? Uh, well, I'm trying or to remember the name of her race, but they were at war with the Romulans for a long time. And I know that, like... Um, Deep Space Nine had a character that was the same race, and that was a big thing. Was the Romulans? Uh, oh, is it not da uh, Dax? 
I can't I can't uh, find it. Her name is Dr. Nashala and then like a really long last name, but it's Nashala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll have to remember that part. They're the ones that um that can relive or carry on a previous person's life with the symbiote inside them. Is that what it is? Okay. See, yeah. you're the Deep if Space Nine guy. I didn't watch any of those, so <laughs> I'm totally playing Dax, I don't know. I it's yeah. I don't remember. I know she's from this, this is real bad. Speckles speckles around the side of their head, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's called. Okay. I know she's from Becker. <laughs> that's that's where I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I can't remember her whole name. everybody's probably shouting at their I know. their I don't know, devices right now. Once we get the seven oh nine guys, we got you. This that's our that's our okay. <laughs> forte. Right. There you go. Uh any other final thoughts before we close this out? Um well we can talk a little bit about the uh, prequel for the or the preview for the next episode. Yeah, let's go ahead and go into that. What do you think of that? Let's see. There wasn't. I didn't see a lot of revealing information. The episode's called uh, Maps and Legends. Yeah, that's this episode. Uh, but you, no, no, no. This episode's called Maps and Legends. Oh, oh, never mind. Then I wrote that down thinking that was episode three. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, so you see that the crew assembles. Obviously, um, Picard gets his homies together. Yeah, they're ready to rumble. Yeah, this um, is this is this reminds me of the beginning of Armageddon where they kind of like you know, yeah, you get exactly. all the guys together for, for Armageddon. The, <laughs> yeah. Rag, yeah, yeah. The episode's called bit, "The uh, End Is the Beginning," so it kind of gives you the idea that like, okay, so nice. shit's gonna come to a climax here. Cool. Yeah, uh, we do see that. Uh, I forgot, I forgot his name, but um, Soji's boyfriend uh, yeah. talks as if he knows a lot more about her than she knows, which we kind of got a hint of that, but, mm-hmm. but now, you know, he actually reveals it, I guess more. Yeah. Narrow. Um, yeah, there you go. And there's a little glimpse of a woman that I think is an old friend of data's, but I don't, I don't recognize her. Um, but she looks at Soji at one point and says something like, um, I remember you or I recognize you or, something familiar about her. So I think she sees data in her kind of thing. Oh, okay. Hmm. So that'll be, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, but that's very, very real yeah, vague minuscule. there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's something uh, that something's going to happen. Uh, somebody yeah. somewhere. <laughs> might be some people trekking around the stars. That's about all I know. <laughs> One of them might be named Picard, but probably not. There's just a slim chance. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I, let's go ahead and give this a rating real quick, John. What do you think of this episode out of 100? Mm, compared to what, though? That's compared just to the, out of 100, the first like, episode? For example, like, okay, yeah, compared to the first one. But I mean, really, like, what, like a 10 out of 10 show would be unbelievable, no changes. And then the more you have to change it, the more it goes down. For me, I'm going to give this a 78 out of 100 uh, because I felt like it was a lot of filler. It, or it was a lot of prep for something that should have been prepped in the first episode. Uh, I didn't think we progressed the story enough. We just got more backstory. I still enjoyed watching it, uh, especially the set design was really good. Uh, some of the audio, yeah. some of the uh, soundtrack was was very powerful, especially when Picard was get, getting getting the bad news. Um, mm-hmm. But I think overall the plot didn't move forward enough, so I'm keeping it around high C plus. Right. I think visually it was it was beautiful. I love how I love the Borg uh, ship scenes, the Borg cube scenes, and um, uh, what was that opening scene on, on Mars? That was really just an awesome scene. Uh, but there was the scene where uh, Rizzo was talking to Admiral O, and there was just too much sunlight in the room for me. I don't know. They're trying to do that glare thing that Star Trek's done before, and yeah. it looks really cool the, usually. J.J. This Abrams. was just like, 
yeah, this is just like blinded by sunlight from the wrong angle of the window. Like, hey, just kind of move your camera to the left thing. Yeah. Um, so that just seemed a little not not polished. Uh, so yeah, I'll probably do. I'd probably say like mm, seventy-five. Seventy-five. Yes. Oh, lower than mine. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. That means there's a lot of room for improvement. We know there will. I have faith in them. So that'd be good. Yeah. All right, guys. Check Don't back worry. with us next week. The next episode is going to be airing February sixth. I think it was. Uh, but yeah, February sixth for sure. Okay. Uh, and we'll we'll talk to you guys soon after that. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.